This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Believe Podcast Network presents the FCS Football Podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. I am a soothsayer. Welcome back to the FCS Football Podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by finally returning uh, my former teammate and good friend, Sean Anderson. He was yet again uh, no longer with us because of uh, a sickness that was not coronavirus. We're supposed to get to the quarterbacks today, the first position group, but uh, Sean, do you care to elaborate? Because I think a lot of fans were a bit worried about you. Uh, they might have been. Um, we cannot rule out coronavirus either, by the way. I you got didn't a, have coronavirus. I got a test on Friday. No, I, I definitely, I feel, yet again, back to 100%. Um, I have taken yeah, a... Yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> didn't, you didn't have it. You wouldn't have recovered that quickly. I've taken a, a mono test. Uh, which was the blood stuff, and then I took a strep test and the mono, and the strep came back negative. Uh, so they think it's just some viral strep thing that doesn't pop up on the regular strep uh, strep test. But they're like, okay, we're also going to give you the corona test just because. And when I tell you, uh, it, it was very uncomfortable. And I'm not somebody that uh, hasn't shoved things up of their up their nose. Like I, I I I'll get a tissue up there pretty good. The corona test is no joke joseph it was so oh, i've un- heard it was 30 seconds long and it was incredibly uncomfortable uh but you know people these are the deals we make with the gods of fun somewhere along the line i may have been having fun and it came back to bite me and i i rule this to uh just myself and uh i know two weeks ago i made a statement that said hey guys i'm all good uh, won't be missing another show. Uh, and it seemed pretty confident and brash. So this week, I'm going to say I hope that uh, for next week's show, I will be good. I'm not going to make I, I th- the same I th- mistakes. <laughs> I think you were doing a little bit too much goofing around and not enough uh, trying to recover. I think that's what it was. Definitely. And so you that, felt yes. better. And because you didn't properly recover, it just came back and decided to. to yes, yes. It, it definitely said, hey, you, you didn't take me seriously the first time, huh? Well, this time you're you're going to be even worse off. So you told me before the show that you didn't listen to my solo show that I had Ryan Roberts come on and talk in the beginning of it, and uh, I just wanted to let you know that that Ryan said at the end of the interview to the listeners, please go give a, a very positive review, and in the review include that you would like to have me to come back and possibly uh, replace Sean oh, because here we he has go. been absent. <laughs> So I said to him, like, do, do we want to have, is that some kind of a, a challenge? And he said, I don't know. We'll see. And I, I think we got to bring the both of you guys on to, to duke that one out because he's already got his Ryan, own believe show. I, I know, but 
Ryan was uh, was very adamant about uh, possibly challenging you because you weren't you weren't around. There was the one time you, I think you disagreed with him on uh, the tight end a, thing a, for the quarter. Um, y- yes, there there was one particular thing, and and uh, he he wasn't a hundred. He wasn't serious, but uh, he wanted to. He wants to challenge you, so maybe we'll, we'll coordinate something and get him on the show before the season starts and have a nice little conversation. Okay, so the brother the, so the brethren of glasses uh is starting to to what? form a deeper bond is what I see. You okay, you and Ryan Roberts you, you're, you you just enjoy, you know, swapping prescriptions and lenses and all of that stuff, do you? I I, I get the cabal that I'm you up wear, against. You wear glasses too, so don't I do not. get all Yeah, you, you own a pair, you refuse to wear them That's and true. I think you need to wear them. You need to stop being well, so Joe, brash Joe, about okay, it. okay. First of all, I'm not sure how effective these glasses are because I, I'm sure I'm. I think I self sabotaged my own uh, diagnosis when I was in getting them because with the eye puff test where they where they shoot air into your eyes, I kept on blinking because uh, I, I didn't want them to, to shoot the air in my eyes. So I think I screwed myself on that. All right. Well, th- thanks for elaborating on your eyeball Whatever. situation. Bring it on, Ryan. Uh, but speaking of uh, Ryan and NFL Draft Bible, I will be a part of a, a panel with Ryan this weekend. We talked about it last show, or not this week, on this Thursday, July 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to have a number of big-name players on this plan, uh, on this panel. Uh, guys like Cade Johnson, uh, Dylan Radons, ton of huge, big-name guys that could very well end up getting drafted. So if you're interested in that, check out NFL Draft Bible or... Uh, Ryan's Twitter account for more information. If you just want to tune in, I believe it's free. If you want to just tune in, hear what some of these guys have to say. We're going to ask a couple questions to each player, but that is definitely something you should check out if you are an, a true FCS football fan. Sean, I said we're going to talk about the quarterbacks today. Before we get to that, we do have a little bit of news that we have to react to. That is Austin P. head coach Mike Hudspeth is stepping down for personal reasons in an ESPN article, he was quoted saying this was not an easy decision, but a personal one. I need to take some time away from the game with Tyla and the kids. I could not be more thankful for my time at Austin P and will be a fan forever. I will miss the players and coaches incredibly and will never forget their commitment to each other and this team. I will return to coaching in the future at the right time. Now I'm pretty sure that, Hudspeth isn't that old of a coach. Uh, this is obviously a decision to stay closer with his family. Maybe it was a little bit COVID related that he didn't want to be risking bringing that home to his family. That's probably part of it. But Sean, how, how huge do you think this would be for impacting Austin P who had a run in the playoffs last year? Uh, like we have alluded to it already that the Austin P run. I mean, when they were entering the playoffs, they had as much momentum, if not more momentum than anybody else in the country. And that you chalk that up to playing, you chalk that up to coaching, you chalk that up to all the variables that go into winning a football game and being a winning football program. Uh, the head coach obviously is, if you are going to break it down to three pillars uh, is one of the pillars. I'm not going to, the other two are, they don't you know matter in this metaphor, but if you take away one of the pillars, in season, that hurts. Out of season, it, it might hurt more because you're losing a, a, a possible sense of direction uh, heading into it. Now you're scrambling where you never really want to be scrambling, uh, especially when you're losing uh, your head coach. If you lose uh, um, like a wide receivers coach, you'll scramble a little and then you'll find a wide receivers coach. Head coaching, those decisions take a long time. Um 
unless you just have a, a possible coach already on staff that's going to become interim head coach, uh, like the offensive coordinator or the uh, offensive coach, uh, you know, old line coach with Apple, like Mike Tyson, stuff like that. But it, it, he um, losing a head coach before the season and and really close close to the season, it hurts. You lose any piece of your uh, team that close to season start, it hurts. I remember Sua Cravens, uh, like three or four year, years ago with the Redskins, decided he doesn't want to play uh, like in week four of the preseason. He doesn't want to play the season, and that really hurt the Redskins. Uh, so um, the, uh, the the loss of, of Hudspeth is um, imminently negative, in my opinion. It's also at a, a terrible time. And I'm not I'm not questioning Hudspeth and saying giving him a hard time here. I'm just saying that to lose a head coach or any coach with less than a month to a suspected start to training camp is very difficult for an athletic director. And I'm I'm sure this is something that was weighing on him if he was going to do it or not. He decided to make the decision to step away for personal reasons, but now they have to figure this out with limited time. If I were to guess, it's probably going to be one of the coordinators, an assistant coach. I can't really pinpoint who. I had the Believe in Georgia Bulldogs account ask, you know, question, not questioning me, but like in, inquiring on what I thought about this and who I think it might be. And I frankly can't pinpoint someone that is a clear cut guy to take over for this spot, but they're going to be trying to move quick here. There's not a lot of time to act. They need someone that the players will be willing to fall in line for quickly under already difficult circumstances with, with COVID and coronavirus complicating the season as it is. Sean, we've got a lot of quarterbacks to hit on here. And I want to hit on the fact that, like we did last year, we're going to be treating this list the same way. We have 10 players. We have 10 quarterbacks from the FCS level that are the 10 best players in the country at their respected position. However, this is in no particular order. We did not rank them. We just chose to stay away from the semantics of trying to order them and having them in a specific order. Because as we know, sometimes it will come down to we'll put a guy above someone else and it might be very slight. And that leads to people tending to argue and say like, oh, why didn't you put that guy here or there? Instead, we would feel to give these guys praise and recognition just for being in that top 10, for being the best quarterbacks on this list. Besides that point though, Sean, there is one guy on this list that we can both confidently say is on a different level than the rest of these players. It's pretty obvious who that is. It's Trey Lance, North Dakota State's quarterback, who we spoke very highly of on the Missouri Valley Conference preview show. And if you recall, some of the things that really stood out to the both of us was his multidimensional impact for North Dakota State's offense and his ability to play the quarterback position as a runner, as a passer, uh, big arm, just a lot of really good skills that make him already a draftable prospect despite being a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, um, I see that in our um, in our notes here, you have five bullet points on uh, why he's on the list. Uh, I have one, um, and it's a one-word answer, and that's duh. Uh, and if you wish for me to elaborate on it, I will. Um, yeah, Trey Lance, uh, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've gone into this plenty uh, already, and this was we went into it uh, 
relatively recently, but the one thing that sticks out with me with Trey Lance is the um, is, is the touch that he can put on the ball at such a uh, raw, I, I guess, age or, or, or stage in his quarterback career. Obviously, it's not the first year he's ever played quarterback, but first with this early in college football, to be able to throw with uh, poise and and to release the ball with with like a deadly grace grace precision, uh, it, it's it's unprecedented. Um, he just does the right things and he throws the ball uh, as a laser when he needs to, and he throws the ball um, right in the in the bread basket when he needs to. It's it's he's a complete product already, and that's why everybody else is jumping on the Trey Lance bandwagon and. All the power to him. They should. I remember a week ago, I was listening to Trent Dilfer on the herd and he was talking about how people in the media tend to misuse the word arm talent in reality. Cause, cause it's all, it's often assimilated with arm strength and the bill, the ability to just rip the ball as far and as hard as you can. But what arm talent really is, is a unique ability to understand how to use the right amount of power in varying situations, how to use touch and timing on shorter, more intermediate throws. Sean, if you remember, I'm not going to mention his name, but our freshman and sophomore year, there was a, a member of our team that was a uh, contributed from time to time at quarterback and he didn't play a ton. He ended up transferring, but everyone talked about when I came in about how he had this huge arm. But when you asked him to go out there and complete these throws, he was whipping it at guys that were running drag routes. He was throwing it like he was trying to throw an 80-yard bomb, and he wasn't able to connect because he was whipping at it. I remember hearing receivers complain, you got to take a little bit off of it. Coaches were telling him to it, and he just couldn't figure that out. That's not that's yep. not the case for Lance. I, I, Lance I do remember. Has that, you know who I'm talking about. He yes. has that ability for touch, and that is so important for having that next-level ability as a quarterback. It is arm talent with Lance. It definitely is. And uh, arm talent is such a, a broad term to use uh, for quarterbacks or people that, that throw uh, the ball. It's, 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 it's vo- uh, broad and vague. But if you narrow it down like you have, then it, it definitely makes sense uh, in the case of Trey Lance. And it, people have been using that phrase uh, very loosely. Throughout all of, I guess, analyzing quarterbacks, arm talent. He's got. Does he have the arm talent? Arm talent. Did Ro- uh, I remember Sam Rosen was one of the. Um, Josh Rosen was one of the. Josh Rosen. The, the big guys noted in that draft for having this the, the arm talent. Uh, and in, I look at Lance and I look at Rosen and I see okay, Rosen can can throw it fifty yards and and hit a trash can, but he's not doing what Trey Lance did in his freshman year last year. So it. it it's a spectrum, and I think Lance is on the, the the higher end of the spectrum. And honestly, I think there's a lot of people in the media sphere that have a tendency just to throw that word around loosely and just say arm talent without actually knowing what it means. So next time you read something or hear something, always t- take that with a grain of salt in understanding what they actually mean and what they're trying to say. There's two very, very different things. So I'm glad we kind of got to t- talk about that because Trey Lance is that definition of rare arm talent, poise, touch, all of the great things that you want in an elite level quarterback. Some of the other little bits and, and traits 
that have drawn our attention is his ability to impact the game as a runner, almost like a power back because of his size, as well as being able to stretch the field, stretch the pocket, escape the pocket and throw on multiple platforms. He's almost like a more athletic version of Patrick Mahomes, if you will. And Patrick Mahomes is already a very, very mobile player for his position. You're already giving me a a very glazed over. Uh, What the hell did he just say? It's a big statement there, Joseph. It's a big statement for a big time player. I get I it. That's I, that crazy. I'm not. I'm not going out on a limb saying anybody is the next Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it, that's like that's like Andrew Wiggins is the next LeBron. I mean, come on. Let's 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 just take a second and breathe. Oh, they ca- they said Jordan Love was a poor man's Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying it. But I'm talking okay. about the way that he plays the position. Reminds me of that gunslinger. Deep threat ability, moves from the pocket, can throw ah. on multiple angles. That's kind of what I meant to go for. I know I'm gonna get I'm gonna get that's somebody my, tweeting at me. That's not my uh, comparison. You don't. What's your comparison? Let me think for a second. I didn't know we were doing comparisons, or else I would have come up with another brilliant one of mine. But at this moment, at this juncture, I cannot come up with it <laughs> with a comparison. Oh, um, way. Well, well, why don't you just <laughs> randomly come come up with one in the middle of the show and interject? Just I don't know. How about good Eli? There. How about good Eli? Eli, what? Good you think Eli. Trey Lance is. Uh, I'm moving on. Trey Lance. <laughs> Look what you made me do. Of, Look what you're making yeah, me you, do. You rushed it. You rushed <laughs> Look it. Look at my that boy. That was a bad. <laughs> that was a bad bad comp. You don't even know about Trey Eli. Lance. Got a ton of attention last year. For being a young, impactful redshirt freshman, someone else who had a huge year but hasn't gotten the same level of notoriety is Albany quarterback Jeff Undercuffler. Now, he's not at the same level as Trey Lance, but he still is very, very talented for going into his redshirt sophomore season. Six foot five, 231. He is a big, big quarterback with some with a very talented live arm. What were some of the things that stood out to you about him? Uh, he is outfielder like um, in the MLB uh, when they just decide to unleash. He's like Jonas Cespedes. Just, you just want to see him throw uh, the baseball 300 yard, uh, 300 feet and get a guy out at home. And then uh, I, 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 and that made me think, I just want to watch him throw deep routes of the combine already. I know he's already only a red shirt sophomore, but I'm just, I'm ready for that. I'm ready to see him unleash because I, I I remember the game versus I think it was Maine last year, where uh, he was just absolutely de- dealing and dueling with the Black Bears, and he was going uh, bob and he was going uh, a dot across the middle and with a slant going for seventy because obviously they had good receivers at Albany Albany last year, but he was uh, just he just looked physically imposing like against. Maine, and it was awesome to watch, and I've been sold ever since I saw that. I think he was our fat stat that week. I'm really interested by the little note that you put about saying that he's outfielder-like because... Well, that's more like throwing the way that he rears back. It's almost like, obviously, he's not doing the janitor throw, uh, but just the way that he rears back for the the long ball, it it reminds me of outfielders. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, Ryan mentioned the fact that he was a 
tremendous high school baseball player. And he mentioned something along the lines. I don't remember it exactly, but he mentioned and talked about how under Cuffler was potentially going to be playing college baseball instead of football. And I think a lot of people weren't expecting him to play uh, college football. And it's just not often that you have a quarterback who is able to contribute the way that he did so early on. We were so shocked in seeing Trey Lance do it. And under Cuffler was able to do it, but on a, a slightly different level. He threw for 41 passing touchdowns, which is a, a great, great number. I want to see him work. Yeah, and, and in the, he made the playoffs. Um, and, and the other thing is I, I really want to see him improve on his completion percentage. So he, he threw for 56.4% completion percentage, which is not a great number. It's not bad for a young quarterback, but I think that he just needs to work on his decision-making. There were a couple throws that I, I went back and actually watched the Albany URI game mm-hmm. when we played him. And there were just a couple times where I was watching him throw into coverage and just not re- properly place the ball. And I think that that was what kind of hindered that number. And I think he had a, a, a tendency to do that in other games. I, no one's saying that he's perfect. Uh, I, I just have hopes and expectations for, for one day getting to see him in Indy. Yeah, hopefully he does make it there. Last little bit I just want to throw out there on He's got a very good quarterback coach, and I can tell based on his footwork and his ability to navigate the pocket. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see a guy that immediately abandons his footwork. I see a guy that realizes that he can stick to his fundamentals and then still manage to get a throw off and make a play. So that that is, I think, a big, big deal to what makes Undercuffler so good. Sean, a, a guy that I had huge praise for a couple weeks ago, had to be on this list. That was Eric Berrier from Eastern Washington. Not the biggest quarterback, but he is very multidimensional in his ways to impact EWU's uh, offense. Yeah, I, I definitely, I love Berrier. I remember um, previewing him last year uh, and uh, he seemed like he was going to be one of the top touted quarterbacks in the, in the nation last year. And uh, he didn't prove us. Uh, he didn't prove us wrong. Uh, when I watch him, it looks like he's got a million things on his mind. Like in the Avengers, when Doctor Strange is going over all the realities to see uh, what reality is going to be the work to beat Thanos, that's what I see when I see him making a play out of nothing. Obviously, he's a very good quarterback when he is uh, when, when the play doesn't break down, or he's just going to go through his progression and make the hit, uh, make the make the right throw. Uh, but when it breaks down, Barrier is such a quick thinker. And he turns something out of absolutely nothing all the time. And it, it, it's it's super impressive every time. I, I'm never bored by it. I'm never I, – I don't look back and say, oh, he could have done this because he always it's, – it's very rare to see him in those situations do the wrong thing. And it still looks like he is playing, like he's filling in for their starter, which is the role he assumed last year, I believe. Uh, and – that's not a bad mentality to have either. He, he always looks hungry and he always looks like he's trying to prove himself on the field. No matter what the score is, how much they're up by, how much they're down by, he's going out there looking to attack. Uh, aside from that, his fundamentals are there. Uh, he's got good, uh, good quick feet. Uh, his uh, pocket presence is obviously very good. And then uh, his release is, is good also. I, I was quoted saying this on on Twitter from the Believe graphic that was put out is that he is easily one of the hardest guys 
to tackle at the quarterback position for the FCS level. He is not easy to wrap up. He is so slippery. He is slick. He just he slithers his way out of pressure. Another guy that I notice is very good footwork. Noticeably does not break that. Because sometimes with, with quarterbacks who are fast and that know that they can use their speed, sometimes they, they get a little sloppy when they sense pressure and that will lead to breakdowns in their ability to throw uh, cleanly. But I don't see that with Barrier. He still maintains his footwork. He evaluates pressure. He escapes the pocket, and he can throw on the, the run very, very well. That That is the one thing that if I were to pick one word to describe Barrier, it would be um, pocket presence, footwork, and awareness. Just knowing how to get himself out of any situation and create positive opportunities uh, for him to to make serious plays. Sean, we might get to hear from this guy personally this week if, if all goes to plan. That is Houston Baptist quarterback Bailey Zappi. He is very, very talented as he threw for 35 touchdowns last season. What what really stood out to you about him? One thing that – and I'm uh, – one thing I see from Zappi, and the first thing that I noticed, which was the biggest thing – uh, he's very good on outside breaking routes, which means he has the arm strength to get it a- across the field and in the right spot. A lot of quarterbacks in college, they like to rely on uh, a vert or a post uh, in it, or a-, a slant and let the receivers do the work. Now, the outside breaking routes, uh, those have to deal with the quarterback. That is a quarterback throw, uh, whether it be a corner, a ten and out just a, a simple smurf route, whatever. It, it is a, on the quarterback because the the window is so much more minimized uh, given the angle uh, that you have to throw the ball. It has to be such a precise throw. And Zappi is really, really good at, at making it in that window. You don't want to undershoot the window or else it's going to be a pick six. If you overshoot the window, it goes out of bounds. Uh, but if you hit the window, you, you get a first down. That's that's what we're working with with the outside breaking routes, and that's why Zappy. Uh, th- that's the first and probably the biggest thing that I see with him. He's got the arm strength to make it there, which is in high school you can determine if your quarterback is going to be a uh, able to play or not by whether or not he can hit actually throw it to the outside breaking route. I saw that all the coaches see that, but in college it's it's okay. Everyone can make it to the outside breaking route. Now can you do it consistently and accurately? Uh, as to not give away uh, interceptions. And Zappi can do that, and that, that that's the biggest takeaway that I have from him. And it's a, it's a small thing because you could go over, uh, you know, everything that we've already been talking about with these quarterbacks, whether it be release, whether it be footwork, pocket presence, all of that. Uh, he is um, very good at that outside route scheme. If I were to break down Zappi just to his, his fundamental basis on on what really sticks out – is that he is what you want in a traditional pocket passer operating out of a gun-based offense. Very good awareness, knows how to find his receivers, knows how to place the ball properly. I I did see uh, the game that I watched of him. I watched him throw an interception, but I I know that he was capable of bouncing back and leading his team on a successful drive the very next time he was out there. So good composure, not easily rattled. Our next guy, Sean, is another player who I don't think is very easily rattled, which is Alcorn State quarterback Felix Harper. I see you underlined one, one thing you put in the notes on Harper. What, what was the one thing that, that made you underline it? I'll or was get that to, not intentional? Uh, no, 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 that was intentional. Uh, I'll get to that after my first two points here. First, uh, 
when he finds his open receiver, the ball is on his way immediately. He doesn't have the strongest arm on this list. He doesn't, uh, at least from what, what, what's been uh, displayed on tape. I'm not saying he has a bad arm, just doesn't have the strongest arm. So that means that he has to have a very decisive release, and that's what he does. Consistently in film, when he sees his receiver open, it's it, the ball is in the air. It is on the way. That means it's, okay, I'm not going to wait for him to get more open. It's I'm going to throw to the open uh, when he eventually is going to get more open. That the sentence, if you know what, (laughs) if you're within the game of football, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. If you don't uh, ask somebody who does, Uh, but he is, um, he doesn't second guess the open receiver, which I definitely like. And it has to go do with how quickly uh, he releases the ball. Also, obviously I'm not in the back of the, 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 um, I'm not behind the play with the watch like the, like the scouts do, or uh, I know NFL network has been really good at, at tracking um, quarterbacks release times. Uh, but from what I see, he's got a naturally very quick release, uh, and it, that's very important uh, in in college football. Even more important in the NFL because you can get away with it a little more in college football, having a, a slightly slower release because the DB level isn't always up to snuff. But in the NFL, a defensive back is going to take advantage of a of a slower release every time. Uh, so Harper having that quick and decisive release is super important for his game. And that quick release works really well with a lot of college offenses, yep. which leads to success at the quarterback position. It works well with the Alcorn State offense because if you get the ball out quickly, typically a lot of the routes aren't that deep. It's a lot of very quick dump off, not dump off, but just very easy to get the ball out type plays. Maybe some predetermined routes that should get open based on where certain guys are lined up. If somebody is not in press coverage, this guy should be open in this situation. So you know that Harper, like you said, very, very decisive. Uh, The other thing that you put in the notes is that he doesn't have the strongest arm, and I don't think that's the end of the world. He's the smallest guy on our list at 5'11", 180. Kyler Murray is the exception when it comes to smaller quarterbacks with huge arms. It's just not easy to have a big arm when you're not the biggest quarterback. I don't think that hinders Harper's game at all, though. I think that he finds ways to have other various strengths despite not having a ginormous arm like some of the other guys on this list. He's still very, very talented and very much so going to be a a big player to watch next season. Sean, last year, Central Arkansas surprised a lot of people. They shocked Western Kentucky. They made it to the playoffs. And I think you have to attribute that to not only some skill position players who had huge, huge years, but also Braylon Smith who big impact guy, six foot three, two ten. I know that you've always been a pretty big fan of his. You've always uh, chalked him up to be a very, very good player for his team. What makes you such a fan of him? I, I like uh, that. He is a past for pass first quarterback all the time, despite his very good mobility. And that's probably just due to the scheme that he runs and coaching. And then I, college quarterbacks can make up for it. Obviously, in our team, the winning season that we had, uh, Jawan made up for a lot of mistakes and errors by how he was able to scramble for first downs and and just elevate the team in that level. Braylon Smith uh, passed first. It is his pass first, then pass second, and then uh, I will run for the first down if need be. Uh, he's a... Um, <laughs> I wrote this down and it made sense when I was uh, writing this down, but he's big on roping and rodeo. 
uh, he throws the ball in a very, very similar fashion to roping, like very, very similar. It's scary similar how his his almost side uh, side approach to throwing side. Can, can I get a demonstration here? Can, can OK, I see here's a demonstration. Let me get back. So basically, yeah, yeah. you know, this is how you throw a, a, a football side side armed, you know, you yes. throw a side arm and then roping, you know, you got the rope or a lasso and then you throw it just like just so, the, so it's more of a wider. Yeah, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a wider release for the okay. rope um but you're not it's not like <laughs> it's not like roethlisberger going way over top uh in uh-huh. his throwing motion the rope it's side side because you're riding a horse and then you you throw it to the side and then it, braylon smith quarterback drop drop throw it to the side it, it, it's a weird connection that i found with smith that makes me like his throwing style even more uh, and, and that's just because uh i don't know he said it in a in an interview that uh he's really big into that and born in Arkansas and that I'm getting off tangent, Joseph. Uh, Wait, did he actually say that he's into rodeo in an interview? Yes. Yes. No, he's, he's Oh, yeah. that's, that makes it so that's much why. better. He said he's from Arkansas. What would you be, what would you want to do if you, uh, if you weren't, uh, playing college football, you say, uh, working at rodeo He's like, uh, I'm like, okay, cool. That's awesome. And then that's, where would you, if you could teleport anywhere in the world right now, where would you, where would you go? He said, Brazil roping's really big down there. So he's really, really inundated in this roping that style. Is awesome. So that's why I, I made this connection to, oh man, he has got a sidearm approach uh, to throwing, which now it's not, that's not something that's going to keep you from uh, playing football. Uh, whereas every, back, back in the 70s, everybody was throwing it the exact same way, whereas now different throwing slots are, are pretty acceptable. So I, I see that motion. I see, oh, that's, that's kind of some influence that had on his motion. See, you have all these bizarre references, and I thought that was one of them. But that had to be one of the best ones that you've made. No, yeah, just I, because uh, he he's he's talked about how he's into, um, he's into rodeo and roping, yes. and he he probably takes bits and pieces from that. I, that's probably why he's got such a good arm. Is probably it's just, it's, because it's, of his background. It's weird that the 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 the. the, the, the the overlapping of the two, like me playing baseball is why I can't hit a golf ball straight. There's just different sports and different stuff that you do mm-hmm. uh, influences the ones that you're trying to do currently. So if you, if you're doing that roping, then you're probably going to throw the ball uh, sidearm. Sean, continuing on to a guy that we actually had on the show uh, a while back was very willing to come on and talk to us or talk to me rather. And he also have you know followed me back and all that good stuff akil glass oh look at you was it was a tremendous interview i really like talking to him and having that conversation and hearing his thoughts this was early on in in quarantine and, and covid when everything was shut down so it's kind of interesting to, see, to hear how he was getting creative and finding ways to uh, get the space to throw i think being a quarterback during all this had to be one of the most difficult things because other positions you can work on your speed in the street, but it's not really the same if you don't have enough space to throw some routes mm-hmm. and, and be able to get in a, in a large group to throw with. But I, a, a keel has, no, it's pronounced a queel. That's, that's my fault for not pronouncing that correct. Uh, a queel glass though, legit size and arm talent. Ryan has very much advocated uh, for a queel and said that he thinks come the end of the season, he very well will be, or likely could be, a draftable quarterback, if not a very high priority undrafted free agent, just a ton of arm talent from him. 
So is is Ryan Roberts on a first name basis with our listeners and listening audience now? Is that yes, is it, oh. yes? He's been on the show <laughs> twice now. We reference him constantly. Ryan. I also do another show with him. So I'm going to continue to call him Ryan Roberts or Mr. Ryan Roberts or Mr. Roberts. Call uh, Mr. Roberts. Can I? Can I go he into- listens, so I can't wait for the tweet. <laughs> the, the tweet tomorrow. Oh man! Um, even though. Uh, Aquil Glass does not follow me back on Twitter. Uh, I still think uh, he's a phenomenal quarterback. He can uh, arm the ball if he wanted to, and he would be a good quarterback. Instead, uh, when I'm watching him, even when he's on the run, even uh, e- even if he's scrambling or, or set, whatever, he will always get his feet, hips, and shoulder lined up to, to manage the best throw possible for that situation. And uh, that takes so much quarterback discipline to say, even though there's somebody in my face, even though uh, this 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 pass is going to be difficult uh, and I'm not going to be perfectly comfortable, I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that the, the, the technique of the pass itself is going to be as good as can be. And that's something that stuck out to me immediately within the first five plays of watching him. Uh, that, that, that stuck out to me. And that goes just beyond standard – here it goes again. Arm talent. Uh, it, it, it's him doing <laughs> the right thing uh, with his body on every play. Continuing our list to our next player, Daniel Smith from Villanova. Smith is unique on this list because I think out of anyone, there there is not a single guy here out of these quarterbacks that it is used the same way that he is by his offensive coordinator. Because we've referenced this multiple times, they, they threw him a screen pass. They, they found a way to get him ball as a receiver because he's that type of an athlete. They established the run by creating these fakes where he'll hand the ball off to whichever is running back is in the game and then very aggressively faking that he is carrying upfield that leads to the defense biting hard when he decides to tuck it at run on read option plays. I think that his impact as a runner is tremendously high, but he also has a strong capability to operate within the system of Villanova, get the ball to his guys, push it to his receivers. He does a ton of things that make him a very underrated player as well as one of the best returning guys. I think is a phenomenal athlete at the quarterback position. And I I also believe that he plays quarterback without the fear of making a mistake. Uh, I think that he is the gunslinger of this top of this group of this 10 quarterback uh, crop that we have. I believe that the way that he goes about uh, risky passes and risk management is I'm going to make this throw. And if you can tip it or you can pick it, uh, go ahead. I dare you. Uh, But I bet you're not gonna. And that's, uh, the the type of quarterback style that I see from him, and that's the type of quarterback I see uh, style I see from him when he takes off running and when he he makes plays and, and decides to take the game in his own hands. That's what a gunslinger does, in my opinion. That's why I think he's the gunslinger of this group. Two more players to hit on here, Sean. First being of the two, Jacksonville State quarterback Zarek Cooper. Cooper. I don't believe made it onto any of the uh, preseason All-American lists. I, I That doesn't matter to me because Cooper will likely finish in that conversation. Regardless if he does or not, he is listed as 
the top or at least one of the top FCS draftable quarterbacks because of his size, his arm strength at six foot four, two twenty five. But the one thing that we spoke about a while ago, Sean, when we did his conference preview, was that demeanor that he has, the composure, the you you said it as a a blase style approach to playing the quarterback position where there's not too many highs, not too many lows, just always same level of composure, almost like an Eli Manning esque level of reaction to whatever's going on in a game. <laughs> I, the, the, I know what you just did there. You tried to find what? a better Eli comparison for my Eli comparison. Yeah, I did. I know yeah, I, you, you have you been waiting this entire Trey show Eli. to try to just dig to dig. <laughs> You're insufferable. I told you I didn't have a comp ready. <laughs> you, you, you brought up you, comps, so I had to call you out. I didn't bring up comps. You brought up the comp. Oh, well, should we, should we hit on to our next guy, or do you have anything to add on Cooper? Uh, yeah, I, I like Cooper a lot, but I'm still waiting for him to um, – I, I guess I'm still waiting to be to be wowed. And it's not saying he hasn't proven himself to be on this top ten. I'm not not a fan. I, I, I think that him having such good composure is, is, a, is a quality that every quarterback should have. I'm just waiting for that, that moment that's going to make me the uh, unwavering believer. Sean, our final quarterback is someone we actually played against, and you even referenced how it's not comical, but it's funny bringing up someone that we actually got to see in person. That is EJ Perry, quarterback from Brown. I Far and away, without a doubt, Perry is the best offensive player and the best athlete on his team. It, it's not even close. The way that he can be impactful and completely take over a game. We played Brown, and I don't think there was a single other player in the field that we did not have a matchup advantage against when we played them. We were beating up on them in various parts of the game, but what kept them in it and what kept the game close was EJ Perry. His ability to continually find ways to extend plays, stay in it, and make big plays to, to keep them in the game. He converted like like four fourth and ten plus. He escaped maybe eight, eight sacks against us. Uh, I'm I'm just sitting here like who the who the hell is this guy? Who is this that is doing this? <laughs> we 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 played Brown for three years. We've seen the quarterbacks that they've trotted out there, and and now this year they come out with a guy that cannot be sacked or stopped on the run and just making magic happen. I don't care what his stats were. I would have put him on this list regardless. Never seen anything like that before. I've never, I've never seen a quarterback performance like that ever, ever. No, it, it, it was stupid. It, it, it was, was, it was comical because it'd be fourth down. We're like, oh, they're going for for it on fourth again. We're gonna get them this time. You know, I've, it's I've like seen, the fourth time. I've seen Lamar Jackson in person. I'm not comparing EJ Perry's performance to Lamar Jackson because he torched BC and he's probably the fa- one of the fastest humans I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but it, it, the, the 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 style of how EJ Brown did what he did. I don't know if I will ever see that replicated again, ever. It was, no. it was it, like Joe said, nauseating. He is one of the few players <laughs> in the country that, despite having limitations at other positions on his team and being undersized on offensive line and uh, limited athletically on defense, that can keep his team in the game and statistically outperform an entire offense of the opposing team. I think he's got a little bit of a windy throwing motion. Yeah. I think it takes him a little bit too long to throw, but I don't none of that really 
matters because he gets the ball out quickly. And if he doesn't find a guy that he likes, he can continue a play for like 15 seconds until he finds what he wants to do. The best favorable matchup. It's like watching a rocket scientist almost play the quarterback position, which makes sense because he is a uh, an Ivy League quarterback. Uh, you can see that he's analyzing everything in front of him and he's making a decision not just based on like how can I pick up yards, but how can I pick up the most yards and make the biggest possible play to impact this game. Sean, I got a couple superlatives I want to hit on before we close out. It doesn't have to be anybody on this list, but I think that we're going to agree here. Who is the best young player out of the quarterbacks that is not named Trey Lance? All right, we're going to let, let, let's try to go a little bit deeper here than <laughs> mentioning Trey Lance for every category. Okay, uh I'm going with uh Jeff Undercuffler. I from, also from picked Undercuffler, yeah. a, a true fresh or not a true freshman, but a freshman last year, huge performer, 41 passing touchdowns. He has plenty of time to not only progress, get better, but help that Albany team reach the promised land and make a, a potentially a significant run in the uh, the FCS playoff and maybe even a CAA championship with the with the CAA possibly or not the CAA the CAA being up for grabs with a potential downturn for JMU. This one's easy. This next one to not pick Trey Lance. It is the best guy not on this list. Uh, Sean, do you have anyone that you want to pick or should I pitch my you guy? pick first? I'm going to go with Jack Cook from Dayton. He was just on the fringe of being on the outside of this list. 33 passing touchdowns to his five interceptions in the Pioneer League. He operates so well. We talked very highly of him. No Adam Trauma next year, but a lot of good returning offensive weapons. Who's your guy, Sean? Uh, I, I like your Dayton pick. Uh, I'm going with Cole Kelly, quarterback for South Southeastern Louisiana. Uh, I, I liked uh, what I saw last year from him. I like his frame. I like his athletic ability. Uh, I think that he he is the best guy not on this list. Sean, who is your favorite draft prospect? Not named Trey Lance. Uh, I have to <laughs> I have to preface it with that. Who who is your favorite draft prospect coming into next season? My favorite is Daniel Smith. I, I like the way that he plays. I like his um, gutsiness on the field, and I, I, he's got the numbers to back everything up. I'm still sticking with Zarek Cooper. I, I see a lot of positivities with his arm talent. I, I think that last year was a down year for Jacksonville State, and that kind of hindered him getting as much notoriety as he should. But he's going to have a bounce-back season and, and a tremendously better one. To wrap up today's show, Sean, you're allowed to pick Trey Lance for this one. Who is the best player at the quarterback position at the FCS level? It's it's um it's Trey Lance, and that's not we're not taking the easy answer. We're taking the right answer. It's Trey Lance is the best quarterback in the FCS level, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in all levels of college football. Uh, it is a simple, simple answer to this question. And a lot of people are going to overthink it over these next uh, two years, uh, but there is no need to do that. It's 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 Lance. Yeah, I'm not, there's no point in getting cute with it. If you listen to another show or read an article that doesn't have Trey Lance. I would question the integrity of the person making that statement because you're trying too hard. You're getting too cute or you just don't know who Trey Lance is. Every article should have Trey Lance. Everything. 
<laughs> at every position. Wall Street Journal, Trey Lance. <laughs> <laughs> Buy and sell in Trey Lance. Right. <laughs> Uh, NBA draft stock, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah, you heard <laughs> Chuck, you heard this kid on North Dakota State, man. <laughs> Should hear him on the MLB network. But right. look, Trey Lance <laughs> did something that freshmen just don't do. Not throw an interception, lead his team to a national championship, and he has the talent of a draftable player. You don't get those types of guys at the FCS level. He is going to be in a position to get drafted. He is going to be in a position to, to make an impact, and he's going to have an even better year than last year. Sean, that's going to be it from us. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts before I wrap us up? Are we going to talk about the thing on Wednesday? What thing on Wednesday? The thing on Wednesday. Uh, the interview that you're... Our you interview. You're talking about Bailey Zappi? Out West. Oh, 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 on, oh, on Wednesday, uh, you could have just said it instead of making me play the guessing game. I didn't know uh, all the details. On Wednesday, we are coming on um, the R&R podcast, which is uh, the Montana State podcast. I've been following them for since we started. So uh, it, they reached out to us. I'm very excited on coming on. So if you want to hear us talk about Montana State, feel free to tune in. We will be on that show. Sean, uh, I think that's about it. Make sure you follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon and at Sanderson Radio. I'm slowly approaching Sean's follower count. I will pass him eventually. It won't be long. You won't. I've been popping off on Twitter, man. I have just been picking up steam. Is that what you've been doing? Yeah, I'm coming for you. I don't know what you've been doing. Too busy having strep over there in Virginia. I have like 10 uh, followers this week. <laughs> That's it. I'm doing better than that. All right. Well, also go follow Believe Podcast at D-L-A-A-V Podcast. Check out their website, Believe.com. Give us a uh, review wherever you might be listening to us. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you name it. Whatever it is, we are there. Stay tuned for Thursday where we will have an interview with Bailey Zappi. And next week, we'll get to hear about the running back. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.